Let's continue reading verses 17 through 23 of Ruth chapter 2. In this last section of Ruth chapter 2, Naomi learns that Ruth has been gleaning in the fields of Boaz. And Naomi tells Ruth that Boaz is a relative of theirs, a kinsman redeemer. Ruth chapter 2 and verse 17. So she gleaned in the field until evening and beat out what she had gleaned. And it was about an ephah of barley. Then she took it up and went into the city. And her mother-in-law saw what she had gleaned. So she brought out and gave to her what she had kept back after she had been satisfied. And her mother-in-law said to her, Where have you gleaned today? And where did you work? Blessed be the one who took notice of you. So she told her mother-in-law with whom she had worked and said, The man's name with whom I work today is Boaz. Then Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, Blessed be he of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, the man is a relative of ours, one of our near kinsmen. Then Ruth the Moabitess said, He also said to me, You shall stay close by my young men until they have finished all my harvest. And Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women and that people do not meet you in any other field. So she stayed close by the young women of Boaz to glean until the end of barley harvest and wheat harvest. And she dwelt with her mother-in-law. Once again, a few background notes. When Ruth came back home from gleaning, she had about an ephah of barley. This would be about a half a bushel. Now, that might not seem like much for a whole day of gleaning, but in actuality, it was quite a bit. Remember, this is after she beat out or threshed the stalks of grain and then winnowed it so that the chaff was eliminated. So one half a bushel of pure grain was not too bad for one day's gleaning. It certainly would carry Ruth and Naomi through a good part of a week for food. Of course, we need to remember that Boaz sweetened the pot here with his kind treatment of Ruth. And speaking of Boaz, it's at this point in the story that Naomi learns that it was in the field of Boaz where Ruth gleaned. And it's at this point in the story where Ruth finds out that Boaz is a relative of Elimelech and therefore a relative of hers. Now, we already know these facts because the inspired writer already told us these facts back in the beginning of Ruth chapter 2. But Naomi and Ruth are not aware of these facts until this point in the unfolding drama. When Naomi hears that Ruth worked in the fields of Boaz, she exclaims there in verse 20, Blessed be he of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. And Naomi said to her, the man is a relative of ours, one of our near kinsmen. And by the way, when she says here, blessed be he of the Lord, who has not forsaken his kindness to the living and the dead. Of course, she's talking about the living and the dead, namely uh, Elimelech, who has died. Naomi is realizing at this point that God has been working all the way through here. God has not forgotten them. And when Naomi says that this man is a relative of ours, one of our near kinsmen, this is a very significant statement because of the role of the kinsman redeemer in the Old Testament. The same word is used for kinsman or relative and redeem in the Old Testament. Because of the responsibilities of the close kinsman, to help out and redeem what the impoverished 
relative had lost. Now, under our doctrinal points, we'll talk more about the responsibilities of the kinsman redeemer, but let's consider one further background note. Throughout this chapter, we read of men and women working together in the fields. How did that work? Well, normally the men would cut the stalks of grain, and then the women would follow and bind the stalks into bundles or sheaves. Then the men would load the bundles or sheaves on carts and take them to the threshing floor. And then the gleaners, of course, would follow all this and be entitled to the leftovers, the gleanings. Well, so much for uh, background notes. Now let's move to our doctrinal points. And our two doctrinal points for this last section of Ruth chapter 2 have to do with Boaz as a spiritual picture or type of Christ. So doctrinal point or teaching point number one. Boaz is a picture of Christ in his kindness. Boaz is a picture of Christ in his kindness. Throughout this chapter, we've seen the kindness of Boaz towards Ruth. In verse 13, Ruth remarks about his kindness. Then she said, let me find favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me or encouraged me, and you have spoken kindly to your maidservant. And here in verse 20, Naomi mentions the kindness of the Lord shown through Boaz. Now, we've already shown how Boaz is a wonderful picture of Christ in his courageous character and in his care and protection of Ruth, as well as in his knowledge of Ruth. Now, let's look a little bit more at the kindness of Boaz. Back in verse 9, Boaz said to Ruth, And when you are thirsty, go to the vessels and drink from what the young men have drawn. Boaz provided water for Ruth, as much as she wanted. This certainly reminds us of what our Lord said in John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit, whom those believing in him would receive. And then we saw more of the kindness of Boaz in verse 14, where Boaz provided food for Ruth. Now Boaz said to her at mealtime, Come here and eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers, and he passed parched grain to her, and she ate and was satisfied. Not only did Boaz provide food for Ruth, but he personally passed the roasted grain to Ruth and ate with her. A wonderful picture of the communion that we enjoy with Christ in his kindness. In Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20, the Lord invites us to commune with him. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and dine with him and he with me. The Lord in his kindness not only provides the spiritual food that we need, he wants to have fellowship with us. He wants to commune with us. Furthermore, about the kindness of Boaz, in verse 15, we read that Boaz instructed his men to let Ruth actually glean among the sheaves before they were taken away for threshing. And then in verse 16, he told his men to purposely let some grain fall from the sheaves, probably when they were loading the bundles on the carts. Whoops, I dropped a half a bundle of grain. Oh, that's all right. Boaz said, leave it, leave it for Ruth. I love the character of Boaz, don't you? It's a picture of the kindness of Christ. Did you ever count your blessings and name them one by one? 
Well, I dare say if you do that, you'll find some unexpected sheaves, bundles of grain that just happen to be given to you to make your job a little easier. Boaz is a picture of Christ in his kindness. Doctrinal point number two. Boaz is a picture of Christ in his position. Boaz is a picture of Christ in his position. The position of Boaz was that of kinsman redeemer. That's what Naomi means when she says there in verse 20, the man is a relative of ours, one of our near kinsmen. Under the law, you see, the kinsman redeemer had several responsibilities. According to Leviticus chapter 25 and verse 25, the kinsman redeemer should buy back or redeem back what any poor relative had to sell. And then another responsibility of the kinsman redeemer. According to Deuteronomy 25, the nearest unmarried kinsman redeemer was to marry his relative's widow, to raise up an heir for the relative who died. You can read about that in Deuteronomy 25, verses 5 through 10. Now, there were three prerequisites necessary for the kinsman redeemer. First of all, he had to be a close relative. Second, he had to have the means to redeem. And third, he had to be willing. The Lord Jesus, as our kinsman redeemer, fulfills all three prerequisites perfectly. First, he is a close relative. In fact, that's precisely why the eternal Son of God became man so that he could redeem us. We read in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 14 and 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he, that is Christ himself, likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Secondly, the Lord Jesus has the means to redeem. It's not just wishful thinking. 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 18 and 19, we read, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, as we see there, emphasizes that only Jesus Christ had the means to pay the infinite price of our redemption. And thirdly, the Lord Jesus was willing to redeem us and, in fact, marry us. Mark 10.45 says that the Son of God gave his life as a ransom for many. And the Lord Jesus was not only willing to redeem us, but to marry us. As believers, we are the bride of Christ. You see this in the picture? Certainly we see the willingness of Boaz to marry Ruth. And we'll cover that marriage in the next two chapters. Boaz, then, is a picture of Christ, both in his kindness and in his position. Practical application. Let's glean only in the field of Boaz. Let's glean only in the field of Boaz. See if you follow this lesson now. If Boaz represents Christ in the spiritual picture that God has given to us here in the book of Ruth, then the field of Boaz represents the field of the Lord. To glean in the field of the Lord is to be occupied with the word of the Lord and the interests of the Lord and separated from the fields of this world. Do you see the picture? Here in verse 22, Naomi says to Ruth, 
It is good, my daughter, that you go out with his young women and that people do not meet you in any other field. Back in verse 8, Boaz says to Ruth, do not go to glean in another field, nor go from here. In the same way, our Lord says to us, glean in my field. Don't glean in the fields of this world. 1 John chapter 2, 15 and 16, do not love the world. Or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, is not of the Father, but is of the world. If we stay in the field of the Lord and glean there, then like Ruth, we will be cared for, and provided for, and protected, and fed, and satisfied. But if you stray into the fields of this world, for whatever reason, then don't expect to be cared for and provided for and protected and fed and satisfied. Why do you think so many Christians are unfulfilled and dissatisfied? Because they are not gleaning only in the field of the Lord. Is that your condition this morning? Where are you gleaning? Remember, gleaning is not easy. Notice in verse 17 that Ruth had to beat out or thresh what she had gleaned. Gleaning from the Word of God is like that. It's work. We must read it and then rightly divide it. It takes work, but it results in food for the soul. Let's glean only in the field of Boaz.